My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code podcast15. If little people could be pre-programmed, many of us would be front of the line to program a non-fussy, eat anything, eat anywhere kind of child. If only, hey? This week, I am joined by Joe Weston, known on Instagram as Baby Led Kitchen. Joe is a mum to three small people, a qualified teacher and self-confessed food enthusiast. I'm going to be putting some of the common troubleshooting that us parents have to go through with our children to Joe. So have your notebooks at the ready for the knowledge bombs that are going to be dropping today. Welcome, Joe. Hi, nice Thanks to be for coming here. Thank on. you for having me. I'm really excited. First of all, before we even start throwing questions at you, which I'm very excited to do, by the way, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for yesterday's Instagram post over on Baby Led Kitchen. <laughs> Loved it. For those of you that are listening, it's not Pancake Day anymore when this goes out, but it was Pancake Day yesterday. <laughs> Uh, for real time recording and Jay put out this awesome post awesome reel about the pr the pressure honestly you feel like you know I've got a 17 month old that had pancakes at nursery and mm. I felt like when he came home I needed to do some mm -hmm. pancake That's extraordinaire it. isn't it ridiculous <laughs> it's so ridiculous and I think I really really felt this this pressure um when I had my first baby especially and Valentine's Day pancake day all these things come round, and I was making my baby like special Valentine's meals and special pancake day uh, things and uh, I, I don't know I think sometimes it's not if you want to do it it's nice to do it for yourself yeah. sometimes to be honest I used to do it because I was a bit bored um but I de definitely is that pressure like oh my goodness it's pancake day I need to do this for my baby but they don't know they don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Newsflash, they don't know. But in a few years' time, they blooming well know and they'll be demanding oh, them pancakes. So save the creation 100%. for them. <laughs> this is it. Because my my um my kids are now nearly three, just five, and nearly seven. And now I have to do pancake yeah. day. You're not and getting out of it now. <laughs> this is it. If I could go back and say, you know what, in the future, they're gonna know about this and I'm going to have to do it. I'm gonna just no, sit down and not do yeah. this one this year because <laughs> you'll be getting those heart-shaped valentine's cutters out yeah. in no time 100 <laughs> well you definitely gave me permission to sack off the pancakes yesterday evening so thanks Good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway jay i am really excited about this episode because you must get an inbox full of questions about fe feeding babies 
issues that are you know not normal essentially we all come mm-hmm. across them but when you're mm-hmm. in them you're like oh my goodness i am the only person and this must be happening because i've done something catastrophically wrong so i'm hoping you're going to tell us today that it's not because we've done anything wrong <laughs> i will try my best <laughs> <laughs> amazing right i have got a quick fire question round style for joe so if you are listening and you have a small person i hope you're ready because take note my first question, Jay, is do you feel a little bit like you're one he wants to be a millionaire or something? This feels very interview-esque, doesn't it? I'm a bit scared, but I'm trying not to show it. <laughs> I'll be fine. Poker face is on. You're looking very okay, okay. You're looking very So my first one is around gagging on or refusal of bumpy food. Okay, so you've probably heard by now that gagging is a normal part of weaning it's really really to be expected at the beginning um but it also can be quite scary because i think if you see a baby kind of coughing on their food and making lots of noise you're kind of <gasps> my baby's choking and that's normal to feel like that because it's going to be especially the first time you're weaning um you see a baby do that and it can be frightening and that's really important to remember that gagging is not the same as choking um and at this point I'd say if you can get yourself to a baby first aid course I think some of them are starting to pop up again um mm. some free ones starting to come back in my area I know that um then do it because it will you'll probably find it really reassuring just that you you know what to do should the worst ever happen which is unlikely to but the actual gagging thing babies are making lots of noise coughing sometimes they might be a bit sick that's quite normal especially between kind of six eight months especially that kind of time um and you do find that there are some babies who just take a little bit longer to to be okay with new textures. Um, some babies go all in and are perfectly happy to to self-feed all sorts of things. And others just take a bit longer to to take in these different kind of textures in their mouth. Sometimes it's like the, it's a sensory thing and they just need mm. a bit more practice, a little bit more exposure. But the best thing you can do is to just know that it happens and try and keep chill and just keep offering and being there for them. And we were just talking about poker face. Um, I talk about having a poker face a lot because um, if you're in front of your baby going, oh my goodness, mm. my baby's gagging on their food. It's making me panic. Or, oh my goodness, my baby's not eating anything. They won't take any of this food that I'm just offering them. They're going to be sensing some sort of discomfort at the dinner mm. table. And I think above all, what, what we want, especially at the beginning, is to create kind of a happy, calm, atmosphere at the table so that baby is feeling comfortable and confident so that the next time they come back to the table they're feeling happy and comfortable and confident and they might be a bit more likely to try that new texture perhaps um so yeah it's really to be expected it's as, as it's easy to compare yourself to other parents as well some some pet babies will just eat everything and it's great you think oh wow why why isn't my baby doing that um it can just you know it's just a case of, of of offering and, and trying and trying again you know not overwhelming too much as well um, that's really nice that helps. kind of take the pressure off right like just just take the pressure off which is which is a really nice way I think to go forward with weaning um, and, and I guess they're just kind of like us you know even some adults don't like certain textures of certain foods so who are we to judge tiny people that are exploring it for the first time right that's it. and one thing you can do um if you're noticing that um your baby is particularly resistant to to new um, textures in their mouth or when they're picking up food, new sensations on their hands perhaps. One thing that um, you can do is try to engage in some messy play and sensory play um, away from the table so that they're um, 
exploring those things um, but not in a food setting mm. because um, it might just be that it's a little bit overwhelming at the table and they need a bit more practice um, with, with feeling new things uh, there's lots of set, taste safe things you can do because as we know small babies will just can't often just put anything <laughs> so you can you can make little paints with yogurt and um and things like um blackberries as well mm. pop it in a big in, in a on a on a mat perhaps rather than in the high chair so they separate it a little bit um i've got there's a little section in my book of um sensory play things you can do with babies uh, that can really help to overcome your sensory hurdles if you have any that's a really good tip isn't it because we we kind of forget as adults that actually these are all new feelings not just once they're in their mouth even on the tips of their fingers and and for those of you that are thinking oh that sounds like something i need to do um joe's book is linked in the episode description so have a wee look at that chapter because that sounds like it could be a bit of a lifeline to parents struggling at, at that stage next up joe this one i know well that is food throwing how annoying okay. is this <laughs> i like talking about food throwing um again in, in in my book there's there's quite a lot of information about what you might expect the bumps you might come across um mm. and food throwing is absolutely in there because it's probably <laughs> one of the you guess right it's one of the top things i get asked about my baby keeps chucking all their food and um i kind of forgot how annoying it was <laughs> until i had really um, my, sec- my second and then went oh my god i forgot this sort of thing this is annoying <laughs> and then my third i went oh my god it's even worse than what <laughs> um it's so easy to to write up the oh it's not a big deal they're just checking their food but it is annoying when you're mm. constantly trying to pick up the food and clear up and it just feels like it takes forever so um i get why it's a big problem mm. um a lot of the time it's a developmental thing um and it's 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 a schema like a trajectory schema so they need to like drop things and it's like a, a need like the bodies need to do it in order to to learn more about what dropping is you know they have to repeat that behavior until they've got it solid unfortunately they like to repeat that behavior with their lunch um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're thinking it's it's uh, if you're noticing they're they're liking to to do that that same activity or another one is smearing their food all over there yeah and in their hands they're noticing they're doing um something a lot it might be that they need to do it so again you can try and find ways to incorporate that away from um the meal time um if it's a throwing thing could you play some throwing games into a basket could you drop teddies um could you go in the garden and do some some chucking about uh and then when they're at the table you can gently try to discourage it by having a, a no thank you plate which sometimes works and sometimes they try that too so um it's just something you can try <laughs> nothing's not perfect give it a go um, yeah give it a go exactly um i find it did help a little bit if you just have a place on the table as they go to drop you can go oh no thank you mm. and just put it back on there um so that you're kind of modeling them popping the food that they don't want on the plate but just not on the floor and you can say positively food stays on the table or in your mouth so you're not kind of saying don't drop it stop dropping your food stop mm. dropping your food because then they're hearing dropping your food dropping your food dropping your food dropping your food <laughs> <laughs> babies don't hear don't or no they just no, say dropping your food <laughs> i know this is all easier said than done because in the moment absolutely you'll be going don't drop your food um but but you, it's just something to be mindful of so you mm. can just try to say food on the table or in your mouth and uh, oh, no thank you like that mm. so just try and 
and I think um, another good good thing to to do is not to put too much on their plate at once because sometimes it can be as simple as they're dropping the food because actually they're they're full. Yeah. Or maybe they're overwhelmed and there's just too much there. Um, so just pop just a few pieces out because you can always add more once they've had that. And sometimes that is it's easier for you to see when they've had enough that way. Um, just being a little bit less out can really really help that. Um, yeah. So, Good. so there's a few things you can try. Good tips. I like I like those. We um, definitely noticed that the throwing started once Finley had finished. So we taught him to say finish, then we could get him out the high chair rather than nice. um, starting just to throw everything everywhere because it's so annoying. But having those little <laughs> mantras that you just said, Joe, that um, no, was it no food stays on the table or on or in your mouth. Actually, yeah. if you've learned that, obviously I need to practice. Um, if you've learned that well, then just being able to say that calmly stops you getting frustrated Absolutely. inside, which they pick mm-hmm. up on. So again, I guess it comes back to that poker face doesn't it just say it and inside be screaming on the outside sound very calm and composed and boring (laughs) which kind of leads me on to the next one climbing out the high chair Mm. yeah that one oh felix was a pickle this one he he likes to climb (laughs) both my middle one and my youngest i really like climbing actually um again sometimes it can be a sign that they're done Mm. Other times, it's a sign that they've learned a new. It's a new skill, and they just <laughs> love climbing because it's super fun. And high chairs kind of look quite quite fun to climb. They do, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Again, I think you can. I, I, what I do with Felix is he's getting wiggly jiggly because he he's um three in May. I had to think about that then, and he. <laughs> It's because he's your third. Gets, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> third child. Sorry. You remembered kids. his name. It's amazing. Uh, I've got his name. I vaguely know his birthday's in May at some point. <laughs> what would you um, like to know? He doesn't know it's his birthday, remember? It's fine. He, um, he does run down from the table a lot. He's not actually in a high chair anymore, but I think it's still relevant. Um, and I try really, really, really hard to praise the time he is at the table, even if it's really short. And my husband knows this and was like, why what are you talking about and he'll come to the table and sit there for literally a minute and i'm like oh felix thank you for sitting with us at the table i really like it when you join us for dinner and in my head i'm going you're a loser <laughs> stop it <laughs> and my husband's looking at me like he's just sat down like, i know but he needs to hear it and he's sometimes like, oh, okay. and i'll sit there for that little bit longer and then when he's eventually had enough and he has to go then i'll say Thanks for sitting with us. <laughs> Rather than come back here. Why are you yeah. running away? Come at your dinner. Because he's got down. If I if I try and chase him to come back and get cross with him, he's a toddler. He's not going to do it anyway. And chasing is you know, a really like, fun day. Oh, they love it, don't they? Absolutely <laughs> love it. But, but then they're going to get down just so you chase them. <laughs> but this, yeah, exactly. So I just have to try and think, well, you know, he was here for a bit. It'll increase each time. The more we're positive about it, he'll come and sit for a bit longer, yeah. perhaps. Um, but in terms of the actual high chair I think when they started to climb out of the high chair that was generally when I swapped to a, a booster seat instead mm. um just that once they kind of strap onto the chair so that they're still the right height but um they're not in a proper proper high chair and that really did help with all three of mine got to a stage where they're climbing out so that right okay swap to a booster they're still strapped in in fact the cheaper little travel ones are brilliant they're, mm. they're, they're great um and sometimes just the novelty of having a different chair and feeling a bit grown up is enough for them to to, yeah. to sit a bit better at the table. So um, that's what I would 
we're safe to that really just trying even even quite quite young ones are okay in an insecure booster at the table it's basically a difference of price share at the end of the day so yeah yeah i think that's what we need to look at my difficulty is we currently have six nice wooden stools oh okay <laughs> We're just so I'm like we need an upgrade on the whole chair situation, which works for me, not so much my husband. Um, but I'll, I'll work on that little shopping spree, and um, yeah, for for calmer meal times, I may be able to twist his arm. So I'm just going to play that back, Tim, later. Yeah, Jay. thanks. Give it a go. Good one. And <laughs> um, my next it. one, which I hear all the time, and to be honest, sometimes this is a little bit like myself as an adult, but eating all the snacks and then refusing meals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is classic toddler behaviour. Mm. Um, and actually, great. I know, I'll be honest, I, I'm a bit like that too because I'm so busy. Um, sometimes I don't take my own advice. That's just the mm. same with you. Rushing around, you've got loads to do, trying to get everybody from A to B, trying to get yourself ready. And you realise that you're the one that hasn't been fed. Mm. And you're, you're going, oh, oh, I'll grab a snack. I'll grab another snack. And then before you know it, it's, it's uh, lunch is gone and you have snacks. I yeah. do this sometimes. And then I think, oh, I'm not listening to my own advice because you... <laughs> eat better generally if you're having meals um i'm all for food freedom and children making choices about their food Mm -hmm. as much as they can but i do think it's perfectly fine to say to for you to be in charge of when those eating times are so i'm i'm a big 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 fan i don't know if you know her ellen satter yes she has yeah division of responsibility and i think her work is amazing so so helpful Mm. um in terms of knowing that you provide you're the parent you provide you decide what you're having and when and the child decides if they're going to eat it and how much they eat so Mm. they still have a lot of choice within that but you do too and you're then knowing that that the meals you've planned out there's for nutritional reasons your child is a little bit more likely to eat them yeah um so i try I do try it's difficult it is hard because toddlers are very strong-willed as we all know um and sometimes we want an easy life right yeah <laughs> and that's, the only I one think that that's okay that. <laughs> definitely and I do find that now I have more children as well it's not mm. it's always possible to to be perfect and to and to manage to stick to this and you go okay fine have a snack. yeah and sometimes also they're so hungry and overrides it and they, they need a snack. yeah right. it has to be a little bit flexible but generally speaking I say a really good thing to do is to plan in two really good snacks. Um, or maybe they might need perhaps two snacks in the morning or two snacks in the afternoon, but no more than kind of three really good snacks. And that includes a little bit of protein. So if you're giving them some some fruit, perhaps offer them some cheese with it or do mm. banana with some peanut butter. Um, that's going to keep them fuller for a bit longer. And that will help to stop the, can I have a snack, can I have a snack, can I have a snack? Because a lot of the snacks on offer for children um, are actually quite low in calorie, quite low in yeah. protein. And there's basically, especially things like puffs and rice cakes and um, wafer things, they're not very filling. Um, mm. Or do, nutritionally do an fantastic, really, are they? This is it, exactly. Um, so it's kind of, if, if you can just get some really, really quick things, like peanut butter banana is my all-time favourite snack. Mm. So quick um so nutritious going to keep them a bit fuller uh, that can really help and then it's okay to say it's okay, it's okay to be hungry and and you can empathize with the hunger and say that's okay i know you're a bit hungry lunch is really soon i'm going to make it soon okay because it's actually good mm. to feel a little bit hungry before you eat it, it's good for children to have that awareness of their hunger it really helps them to know the difference between hungry and full rather yeah. than snack 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 and losing track of their bodies and thinking well because that's when you can end up 
eating too much or too little if you're really listening to your body um and you get into that habit when you're little i think it really helps you throughout your throughout your life to to be a really good intuitive eater um so yeah try and plan in those snacks be flexible with it at the same time i know that's a bit contradictory um and it's okay to say no sometimes oh that i doesn't like mean that you're, yeah it doesn't mean you're you're not letting them eat intuitively by saying no not at the moment because i'm just cooking because yeah especially you know my my, my girls would eat, 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 eat when they come home from school because they're hungry you know they're hungry so i give them a really really good snack but then it gets to i don't know 20 minutes before dinner and they're hungry again and they're asking me for snacks then the answer is no because i am i'm cooking dinner now and if i'm making a snack i'm not cooking the dinner so yeah. just wait wait a minute it's okay to be hungry you won't feel hungry soon because soon there'll be dinner um and then you've already planned up what you're eating you feel more comfortable that they've had a really good balance um yeah, that's how i play it in my house I like that. And I really like the link with intuitive eating, because I think that's a, a word we're hearing a lot more in the adult population, especially when we think about, you know, the epidemic that we live in with obesity and our, our kind of focus more and more on nutrition, which I, I'm all for and I love, absolutely love. Um, but actually, you're right, it starts from their little brain programming as small people, doesn't it? So that's that's a really powerful approach. I really like that. Yeah, it's um, it's actually underpins my whole. My book's called Intuitive Weaning. Mm. I, I feel so, so, so passionately about um, how people eat and about people's attitudes and relationships to food and their bodies mm. because I think as adults we've got it quite wrong. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many people that struggle with overeating um, or undereating or yo-yoing between the two, and I've I've been both places myself. You know, yeah. I think why don't we know how to eat? Like it should be so easy. You should, you know you should be able to kind of know what your body needs as adults, but it gets so lost along the way. Mm. And I think it gets lost along the way very, very early. Mm. Um, and I think it comes from people trying to second guess your own hunger when you're, when you're yeah. little, it needs yeah. to children really need to understand that and feel that and have that respected by adults. You're not saying you need to eat a bit more or you need to eat this or no, I know mm. you don't like carrots, but you have to eat them and, and overriding them all the time. Mm is very unhelpful i think um so by having a really respectful approach to weaning right from the beginning and really watching your baby and and taking your your cues from them um in terms of the approach you take to weaning in terms of um, what they're eating how much they're eating all coming from them i think it's putting both of you in a really good position mm -hmm. to help equip them to to cope with this crazy world that's full of diet culture and also to to help them to have a happy relationship with food and their bodies. Um, mm. Fingers crossed, they can carry with them. That's my yeah. Oh, I love that bigger because, goal. Yeah, because you're so right, aren't you? We live in this world where food is abundant. We no longer have to hunt to gather for our food, you know, and and sort of have that survival. We must sort of fill our tummies up because we don't know where our next meal is coming from. We live mm -hmm. in a world where there's so much food available to us. It's oh, it's actually ridiculous. Um, and and yeah, we we have this culture where. We don't want to be hungry. You know, we don't want to be hungry. We're like, oh, I'll have that because I'm going out and I might get hungry. You know, we've all said that, haven't we? I'll take a snack with me in case I get hungry on the way. And we're so worried about our babies being hungry. And and I definitely come from the generation of, oh, you must finish that that plate of food. You know, every last mouthful, you don't get down from the table till you finish. Um, and thank goodness for people like you, Joe, that are kind of parving this different route that we can take that is much more supportive of intuitive eating. It's tricky though, because... Um... With the the rise in prices of food, that obviously has a, that does have a knock on effect. Um, I think 
I felt it myself a little bit more oh can you eat that though because that was actually really expensive <laughs> and that's your yeah. protein for the meal so if you could eat that that would be great and I'm thinking it and I'm having a bit of battle with myself because it, it's, it's costly um mm. so I think parents do sometimes need some need some support with how to how to balance the two I, I did a post a while ago saying it's okay to still see that leftover food on your child's plate as your child so you could just pop it away and try it again another time doesn't mean you have to to waste the food mm. it just but it also doesn't mean you have to push it on them and just they eat it because it's expensive it's really a tough time isn't it? oh it really is I've taken to basically whatever's left on this plate chopping it up mixing it with some eggs and making a muffin mm. yeah nice yeah 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 <laughs> so it's like tomorrow's snack is that with some eggs perfect <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and it's not it's not wasted is it it's still been yeah. eaten because we don't want to be wasting food do we it's you know like no. I say it's expensive and also environmentally we, we don't want mm-hmm. to be waste especially when it's like salmon I'm like this is really great for you come on yeah it's always the salmon <laughs> <laughs> always the salmon or it's the salmon that gets thrown even worse I don't know which is worse oh, leave no. it or throw it hmm. yeah um, my next one then talking about salmon is ditching the savory food in favor of sweet food uh, what in terms of babies doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I do it as an adult for sure. But but let's talk about babies. <laughs> um, I think it's a good idea to try to serve them alongside each other, mm-hmm. um, because people do like sweet foods. It is it is pretty good, and babies and toddlers figure that out quite quickly. Also, sweet foods like um, yogurts uh, tend to look the same all the time, so they're mm. quite reliable foods for. Um, perhaps toddlers who are becoming a little bit more suspicious of their of their food they go okay yeah. I know there's a yogurt in the fridge that's going to be offered to me in a minute and I know it's a pepper big one and it's always the same um <laughs> whereas this I've got a casserole here and I'm not quite sure what this is or this or this so I'm probably not going to eat it but I mm. know there's a yogurt there that is always the same old faithful um so I think children do often reach for sweeter foods for mm. lots of different reasons um I think it's quite important not to create a little bit of a battle with this, um, mm-hmm. which around toddlerhood tends to start. Um, and it's easy to fall into the trap of, no, you can have your pudding when you've eaten a certain amount of X, Y, and Z, or when you've had some of your carrots, then you can have your pudding. And then you just end up in this battle that is then making the food you want them to eat seem like, in, in the child's mind, the the battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it makes the sweet food they wait for the prize um and instantly you've got an emotional attachment to two different foods you know mm. whereas it needs to be more of a level playing field to take the emotions out a bit of it um so so by serving dessert and main at the same time that can be quite um helpful thing to do even if your your child eats the pudding first what does it really matter they're all gonna they're gonna eat it you can just give them a small amount as well just a, mm. just a, a, a little bowl um and also you can make desserts with very little sugar really with little added sugar um and desserts can be a really good source of calcium and extra portions of fruit in there as well and and a second chance if the child really didn't like or want their their first course at least they've had something some food is always better than no food so uh, it's if they've eaten reasonably well in the day and then they've only eaten desserts their, their main course it's not it's not the end of the world chances are they've had plenty to eat and it's much better that they've had that dessert than nothing mm. um so I, I i don't tend to worry too too much about that i think if you're keeping an overall um view on their sugar and they're not having loads of sugary foods all the time um it could be good. 
And I think it's it's a really nice approach, Joe. just listening to you speak there about thinking about their food over like a 24-hour period or 12 hours, how long they do or don't sleep for, rather than, um, <laughs> rather than that one meal. So that one meal might not feel super balanced, but actually if you take a step back and look at their food intake for that whole day, actually things feel a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes it's us as adults putting our... Um, our own thoughts on when certain foods should be eaten mm. onto things but another one I get a lot is my baby just my, my not my baby my toddler just wants to eat biscuits every morning straight away they just want fruit <laughs> biscuits for breakfast and say well would you have given them a biscuit biscuit at some point during the day probably so just say yes okay sure it's a biscuit whether you eat it at, at 7 a.m or whether you eat it at half past three you know it's the same food um, yeah. so not to worry not to get too many hang-ups about that sort of thing because those things come from us rather than any actual nutritional um well so yeah just that's mindful of these things so so true isn't it um one of the questions i'm really excited to ask you given your kind of intuitive eating kind of kind of passion really is the worry that parents often have over portion sizes for children i think this is a really difficult one um yeah it is difficult and, and i think children obviously vary so 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 much um to be honest, there's not that much difference between what my two-year-old eats and what my nearly seven-year-old eats because they have wildly different bodies and, and different yeah. appetites. Um, so it's, it's easy to compare yourself against others, but the difference between what, what a baby will eat and its friend and the toddler and its friend is wild. It's really, really, really varied. So um, if they're growing, if they're going to the toilet plenty, you know, especially if they're growing at height, Generally speaking, probably fine. If they've got energy, if they're happy, if they're playing, if they're busy, generally they're fine. If you are worried that those things are not happening, you're worried that they're not gaining enough weight or that they're really not growing in height, or if they seem lethargic, go to the doctors. That would be the time where you say, actually, I really don't think my child is eating enough because, of course, there are some there are some real reasons why and some children really don't yeah. eat enough for, for various reasons, and that's when you would need some additional help, and that's when you know i wouldn't be able to help you to need to go go to to gp um for a chat about that and work out what's going on but on the whole you, you you'll know you'll know if your child's getting enough mm. food even if sometimes really looks like they're not <laughs> yeah yeah i said to my husband actually the other day because finley had a, a dinner that was just a bit of a you know add a couple of <laughs> apples and then he's happen. busy and he's off climbing out the high chair um and i said to him look no child has ever intentionally starved themselves. Like he is not going to allow himself to starve. He's obviously just not hungry. He probably had a big lunch. And I think it comes back to just taking that pressure off of us, doesn't it? Yeah. And actually the more we are intuitive with our little people and allow them to, to do that, the less pressure it actually puts on us because we don't have to decide how much they eat. They can decide that. And um, like you Absolutely. say, you choose what's on the plate and then they do with that whatever they fancy, be it paint the walls or eat it. Yeah, that's it. I think I think that makes such a huge difference because it's very easy to become stressed about things um, in, in parenting, especially when you feel like you're the one in charge of it. Mm. Um, but when you take that step back and that, that mental shift of, no, my child's kind of in charge of what, how much they eat. Oh, well. <laughs> and one thing I, I find really helpful, because I, I like food, I like cooking. Um, I do a balance of meals that I know probably they're going to eat this and enjoy this and they balance things that I cook because I really want to eat them yeah so that they're seeing me in, enjoying the food mm -hmm. so that they're, they're kind of guessing oh, okay food is a thing you can you can enjoy mummy looks like she's really enjoying her dinner can't be so bad um 
and it also kind of makes me feel so much better if the children are just not in the mood you know yeah. Felix does um does the same and just gets up and runs off I go oh well I liked it <laughs> yeah oh, and it's nice just like, yeah <laughs> like you were the friend you know it's, it's um I, I think it just can help you feel a lot less stressed because at the end of the day there's not a lot you can do about it you can't ever force to be the child mm. um so you have to take that little step back yeah, I love that. Love that. Joe, so much wisdom. Um, another one is parenting comparison over what our children eat. Now, I think this is probably affecting our generation much more than ever before because of social media and those lovely True. perfect squares that we see everywhere <laughs> that are a very much a snapshot that we're aware of. But when you're in it, sometimes actually it feels like that's everybody else's reality. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I do try really hard on social media too to not be that person and to, to offer a bit of balance mm. um, like my pancake post the one before that was a post about look at my amazing pancake recipes I've got so many pancake recipes and and you could watch that and think oh my god is she making all those pancakes? no recipes? I'm making none of them <laughs> yeah, like, at some point I've made those recipes you know I do yeah. like making recipes um more so than others because I like making recipes it's kind of my thing um yeah. but also I don't always cook from scratch every day meals don't always go perfectly to plan mm -hmm. because that isn't how life works and I think that um the Instagram community has a bit of a responsibility to mm -hmm. to be open and honest always about that um because it's so easy to be scrolling and just feel a bit oh I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough um very very easy to think like that um and, and in, in reality nobody is not even not even the, the food instagrammers are feeding the children like they're really not <laughs> because it's real life isn't it it's real life and reality and we have other things to do as well we can't just worry exactly. solely about the, the perfect nutrition we want to be having fun and engaging and not spend six hours in the kitchen <laughs> mm -hmm. keeping it real keeping it. and that's why you know jay your recipes are so good because they are easy i made um day before yesterday actually you did a little reel about well you didn't do the real i did the recipe you did the real about little weetabix um oh, balls yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I know. Um, with, with ground one. almonds yeah ground yeah. almonds and apricots um we made those and just a little addition to breakfast rather than toast mm -hmm. we had those as like a little on the side cindy's loving them so thanks oh, for that great. super quick That's and easy okay. actually made them whilst dinner was cooking i was like oh just you know <laughs> whip this up quickly Brilliant. And that's what we need. We need quick, easy, simple, go-to cupboard ingredients, not fancy, fancy three Absolutely. hours long job. Well, I have a rule that, that says if something was a massive faff for me to cook and I struggle to cook it, I'm not going to publish it because I, I enjoy cooking. And if I found it irritating yeah. or, or annoying or there were too many steps or it was too tricky to do with the child around my legs, someone else is going to have the same issue. So yeah. I really, really try to keep them simple on every single recipe on my app on my feed in my book has been mum cook tested and yeah, child like tested can i do it with it, a child hanging off of me yes it goes in the book yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like i i don't when when i did intuitive weaning we were still when i was writing we were still in lockdown for most of it mm. so well, i had all the kids at home um for, for the most of the time and not and child not really didn't have fun in childcare. so it has all been thoroughly great tested and I done love that. in real time in real life with real kids with real kids three real kids as well yeah, so that's no mean feat my goodness 
So that leads me on to my final question, Joe, and that is your three go-to recipes for family life. Okay, so this is really hard to choose from, but I picked the three that I I um I like to to cook the most in that are the most useful, um, and I try to have the ingredients for these out. Um, so the first one is my salmon and pea pasta because it's just it's mm. so 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 easy. And I try to have the ingredients for this. Um, I mean, it's, it's basically leftover salmon, tinned salmon, smoked salmon, whatever. Um, peas, which are, the peas are cooked in with the pasta, salmon's chucked in at the end. Um, cream cheese or creme fraiche, some parsley and fresh lemon, and done. dinner's done. It tastes delish mm. and it's just so quick. Really, really handy for when you're in a rush and just need to get something out. Um, yeah, I love my that. My other one is fruit pot pancakes, maybe because I'm thinking of pancakes at pancake day yesterday. Um, which basically are a, a pouch of baby food or a pot of baby food mixed yeah. in with the pancake recipe. And it's one of my oldest recipes and they're so tasty um, and and very handy for when your um, baby's not feeling very well, perhaps, and needs something really quick and easy or mm. um, something that's quite kind of plain and not scary. I imagine they freeze they well too. They do, yeah. I like freezing pancakes mm. and they're actually, pancakes are really good for taking out and about as well. They don't crumble as much as um, mm. And my third one is my quick veggie chili, which um, I don't have a microwave at the moment, but you can basically cook half of it in, in the microwave, to be honest. It's really, really quick, really nutritious and lots of um, really nice flavours. And you can you can serve it with rice or in wrap or um, sometimes what, what I like to do, we have like Mexican style ingredients. So I'll do the veggie chili separate, bowl of cheese, grated cheese separate, avocado separate, lime, wraps, rice, all separate, separate. And then they can just choose whatever they want. Mm, that's um, and that's, so that's fun as well isn't it how fun mm. for the kids as well to make it all exactly. themselves yeah and if they decide oh i don't know the veggie chili isn't to my, isn't to my liking there's going to be something else there but i love veggie chili you enjoy it oh, Joe, you're an absolute star if you're listening and you have a little person that you need to feed make sure you head to the episode description where you will find joe's instagram handle and also the link through to her book that we've mentioned today and we'll keep you on good track to ensuring that your little one is an intuitive eater now and in the long term thank you so much joe you're an absolute star Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice. Thank you. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor? If you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now, it makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing and I look forward to chatting again soon.